Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Eagle Hour on this Wednesday, July 21st edition on our Super Talk Mississippi network of stations, some 11 of them across the great state of Mississippi, coast to coast, border to border. This first segment of the Eagle Hour is brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. Dickie's Barbecue, just in time for football season. We're kind of on that countdown now, I think 43 days away from the kickoff of Southern Miss's season under the Will Hall era. And I don't have to worry about tailgate cooking. I leave all of that to uh, Dickie's. You can go through the drive-thru or you can dine in and enjoy some of that uh, soft serve ice cream. Dickie's world famous for their barbecue. It's, it's uh, fresh every single day. All you have to do is <laughs> drive by there and, uh, and cop a, a whiff and you'll, uh, you'll be attracted. You'll know exactly where Dickie's is located. We're proud of our a relationship with Dickies and glad that they are with us here on the Eagle Hour. Momentarily, we're going to be talking with Shay Lott, who's a Jackson, Mississippi native. He will be among the crews that will be officiating Conference USA football games this fall. Then a little bit later on, we'll be talking with Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, known as the professor. He'll be talking about the Will Hall tour that continues tonight in Baton Rouge, but he was on, Coach Hall was on the Mississippi Gulf Coast here earlier this week, and we'll also be talking about season ticket sales and how things are looking up in that category at Southern Miss. And then in our final segment, we'll get you up to date with a little bit about a lot of things, including an update about Matt Walner, the former baseball stud for Southern Miss, who now is playing in the Minnesota Twins organization with the Cedar Rapids Colonels. He's been injured, but we'll give you an update as to how he's doing. Plus, Media Day at Conference USA. Glad that you're with us. Kelly Santer from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens. Joining us now on set is Shay Lott, a native of Jackson, now makes his home in the Hattiesburg area. He will be among um, the multitudes that will be calling Conference USA football games for the upcoming season. First of all, Shay, good to have you here, man. Are you ready to go? Man, I am ready to go. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Yeah, now you, you've done junior college football the past four years, and we were talking a little bit in the pre-show uh, prep for the show today that really whether you're a MAC official or the Southland or in the WAC, the rules are the rules. That's right. Everything falls under the NCAA guidelines rules. So it doesn't matter outside of high school, once you get in college, whether it's D2, D3, JUCO, Power 5, all the rules are the same. Okay. So when you get started in the, in the officiating business, you're lucky if you walk out with 25 bucks in your pocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> doing, the, doing the peewee games and things like that. If they have any money, you'll, you'll right. get paid. So obviously these are, these are much, you're, you're paid much more handsomely for these efforts. So everybody wants these jobs. So how do you get one? Kelly, it's, uh, it's, it is very tough. So it, it takes a lot of work, um, a lot of dedication, and like anything else, just it takes some luck. Uh, 
for officials, you like you said, you work the JV games, the Saturday games, probably get paid in hamburgers and hot dogs, concessions, and you eventually get into high school, do JV, high school. And once you've done high school a little while, if you decide you want to move up, you go to these camps. It's almost just like being recruited when you played in college. So, you, so, so not a lot unlike – Athletes, yeah, it's it's basically follows the exact same model. So you go to you go to camps uh, that different conferences will host. that will have supervisors there or scouts watching you. You get a number on on your back, and they have a little program with your information in it, and they watch you work scrimmage games. Uh, they may request tape on you once you get to you know maybe the juco level or something and so they just kind of keep up with you and you basically just have to be dedicated and spend a lot of time a lot of money going to these camps traveling during the spring and summer and uh you know hope you got what they're looking for but unlike players i mean if you're a quarterback on the football field you're the quarterback if you're an official you you could be a back judge a side judge a field judge you know an umpire any of those sorts of things so you have to be able to literally and figuratively wear different hats. That, that's, that's right. So it's, that's what makes it so difficult. So high school, I mean, they may work five guys or six guys. Uh, Division one, we work eight. Division two works eight. Um, lower than that, JUCO just went to the eighth official for this season. But normally, D3 JUCO works seven officials. And so you really don't know until you – if you make it to the D1 level, once you get there, that's kind of where you are, whatever position they put you in. But to get there, you may have to work multiple positions. I mean, I worked the line of scrimmage in high school, and JUCO worked deep and have kind of always been a deep official since. Uh, now, the most obvious questions that people would have to you living in Hattiesburg is because of where you live – Will the conference place limitations on you calling Southern Miss games? How does that work? So it's conference by conference rule. I know, um, or I'm pretty sure Conference USA, they don't have any problem with me living in the town and doing, conference, uh, doing Southern Miss. Um, I know if I were to have graduated from Southern Miss, being alumni, they wouldn't let me officiate those games. So what, what happens, uh, just like – SEC, since I graduated Alabama, if I were in the SEC, I couldn't do any Alabama games. So the week that my crew may be scheduled to go to Alabama, they would swap me out with somebody on another crew in the same position just for that week. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about being biased toward Alabama because they do very well on their own. (laughs) (laughs) They need no help from me. (laughs) That's right. So what what is the conference communicated with you as to where you fit in their lineup position-wise this season. So, uh, so what I've been told, Mike DeFee, who you, you know you may know, he was a longtime Big Twelve official, white hat kind of game notoriety for doing uh, Alabama Clemson national championship game. He's kind of the big buff. Ed Hockley of college football is what they called him. Anyway, so he retired. He took over Conference USA this year, and uh, he called me to hire me, which I was very grateful for. On July first, still have a screenshot of his phone call on my phone uh anyway he told me that he knows i work side judge that's where i've worked in my college career d2 juco for the last four or five years but he's looking at moving me to back judge so i'm kind of been at home studying making sure i got the mechanics for back judge and be ready to move there so i think that's long term where i'm gonna be but this year i'll work some at side judge and some games at back judge. All right, so let's talk about those two particular examples, side judge and back judge. What are the responsibilities of those particular positions? Sure. So 
Side judge is what we call a deep wing. You have a side judge and a field judge. That's your two deepest guys on either sideline. Um, and you're just responsible for the widest receiver in the corner. So you have a lot of the pass interference calls, you know, those type things. Back judge is the deep guy in the middle of the field. So you got a little more responsibility. You've got multiple guys crossing the middle that may come into your zone. You've got the punt returner on punts, um, that type of thing. But you're still responsible for the pass interferences, DPI, defensive holding kind of the big thing so we, we kind of have a joke with the line of scrimmage guys that line of scrimmage guys say we don't do anything deep we got it easy back there but our, our rebuttal to that is we're the athletes back there and we make the calls that everybody in the stand sees well and and to show that i'm on top of things you use the acronym dpi that would be defensive pass interference that's right hey, good job thank you very much uh but i would also think that being in the middle back there you guys are most susceptible to getting trucked by God, by well, you got coming across. You got to move. So you know the the umpires, especially in the middle of the field, up towards the line of scrimmage, he does get run over a lot. <laughs> you know, so I'm glad I have no part of that. At least, at least going to back judge, I'm about 25 yards downfield from the line of scrimmage. So if I can't get out of the way from there, I'm in trouble anyway. Shay Lott is with us. He lives in the Hattiesburg area and will be on the officiating crews for Conference USA football this fall. With these much bigger paychecks that you're getting now, obviously, there is more responsibility. Tell us about the chain of command, how you guys are trained, how often you meet. Kind of fill in some blanks for us. Sure. Well, yeah, it is a lot different. So um, we have a preseason meeting, all the Conference USA officials. uh, Everybody will be there in Dallas, be the first weekend of August. So I'll fly out on Friday and get back Sunday night. Uh, there we'll discuss uh, mechanics and how we're going to operate during the season. They have the replay officials there. You have a replay guy assigned to your crew, a communicator from the booth to the crew to the white hat. So it's a lot more involved. Um, up until that point this summer, we have been we have uh, deep calls for all the deep wing officials uh, every other Wednesday. Do a Zoom call, just looking at film discussing plays pass interference no calls good calls that type of thing and then as a crew we get together on a call once a week and really we've been discussing i just had a call last night discussed with a friend of mine who's over in the big 12 uh going over rules we take a national rules test which we've taken 100 question rules test and then each person in the conference once they get to dallas will take a 40 question rule test and you have to score at least 80 percent on that so we've been doing a lot in the rule book here lately and and one of the things that they are taught at these conference usa official meetings is if a conference usa team plays tennessee the conference usa team will get no calls (laughs) southern miss fans we learned that a couple a couple years ago in fact when butch jones was looking at the official and said thank you after he threw a flag uh it was pretty blatant we're going to continue our discussion with shay lott about how they're graded and how things shake out when it comes to games of national prominence. And we'll talk about rule chains, rule changes in general in the college football game as we're some 43 days away from kickoff. I know you can't wait. The Eagle Hour will continue after this timeout. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The second segment of the Eagle Hour is brought to you by Campus Bookmart. It's that big yellow building right across the campus from Southern Miss on Hardy Street. You really can't miss it. 
And they've got plenty of Southern Miss swag ready for the upcoming season. Now, let me just give you... Anybody that knows me knows that I, I rarely give fashion advice, and for good reason. Yeah, very good reason. <laughs> but I can tell you, you don't want to wear Southern Miss black shirts early in the season because black does absorb heat. Okay, so as hot as it's probably going to be anyway early in the season, maybe go with a white you know, golf shirt or, or maybe a, a gold shirt. Avoid the black until you know, later on uh, in the season, but they've got short Sleeve shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, anything you want there at Campus Book Mart. And they do have those sizes if you need that few extra X's. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Shay? <laughs> Before the L, uh, they'll, they'll take care of you there as well. See uh, Kathleen Sick and the gang over at Campus Book Mart. And they're open 24-7 on the World Wide Web. As we continue our d- discussion with Shay Lotta, Hattiesburg resident, who is a Conference USA football official for the upcoming season. So prior to the break, we, we, as we were talking about transition, so how are you guys graded, Shay? How is it determined you know, who, who the best guys at the certain positions are? Right. Well, each And when I say guys, I want to include women, too, because those are becoming more numerous. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, um, what happens, Kelly, is... Our games will be – they have video of all the games. As soon as we come off the field, there's somebody reviewing game tape. And so uh, Mike DeFee has brought some uh, NFL guys that are reviewing our game film. So we'll have deep guys from the NFL who will be reviewing the deep guys on different crews in Conference USA. And so you can get what they call a downgrade – which is negative points on calls you shouldn't have made or maybe a call you didn't make. Uh, you can also get downgrades on position. And mechanics is really the biggest thing. Everybody thinks it's about making the calls, and that's, that's, a, that's a part of it, but it's being in the right position to make calls. So mechanics is like the biggest thing that gets you moved up or in trouble and taken off the field. Like athletes, is the dream job then to be an official for the National Football League? I think so. Yeah, for sure. You know, that that's my goal, aspiration. Hopefully I can make it there. At that point, you make enough where you could do it full time, which is what I would love to do. You but know? most of them don't, though, right? No, that's correct. Most of them don't. A lot of people don't realize that. that the officials in the National Football League, a lot of them are realtors, bankers, lawyers. You know, who are probably doing okay anyway, mm-hmm. financially, but because they're in a profession that they can kind of make their own schedule. But they do have other jobs. That's right. And the NFL has recently, they have started making uh, their white hats and some other positions full-time officials. Okay. And so that was the reason uh, you remember, we mentioned Ed Hockley, the right. old NFL. He retired from the NFL because to stay he was going to have to be full-time and he's a prominent national attorney and has law firms all across the country so he couldn't leave his firm uh, or didn't want to so he retired from the NFL and is just doing you know law work now but they are there is a push to make uh, some officials in the NFL full-time for the record I think Ed Hockley's son though is now that's right Sean Hockley is now uh, NFL white hat. Actually, a friend of mine, Chad Hill uh, from Oxford, who came through the SEC and was on Martin Hankins' crew. Uh, Chad's in the NFL, and he was on Hockey Lee's crew. Okay, so we'll, then talking about crews, will you be assigned a certain crew, and then it's it's that crew for the rest of the year, or all the officials interchangeable? 
No. So uh, for me personally, I'll probably be on multiple crews this year. Um, the goal is next year I'll be put on a full crew. Um, and once you're on a crew for, for that season, and usually they try and keep crews together for a few years, every position with that same white hat, and then every so often just depends on who's running the league. Mike DeFee, he may change it up every three or four years. So when you hear people – and obviously, with the experience you have already going down there to, like I said, the, the Pee Wee Leagues, when you hear fans in the stands make allegations <laughs> that that the officials are on the take, the, the you know terrible call, and man, the officials killed us, and those sorts of things. I mean, I know how conscientious you are, right? And I know how what a great job you try to do, but I also know you have to have tough skin, so. How do you deal with all that? You, you're right. You have to have very thick skin. Um, they call it don't have rabbit ears, don't be listening into the stands. And so it's a lot easier the higher you go because you're, the stands are bigger and the noise is louder, so you can't really pick out you know, high school, junior high, you know how those parents can be. You can kind of hear everything. They'll be standing right on the fence or on the tracks around in the field hollering at you. But you have to have thick skin. But the truth is, Kelly, a lot of people think oh, officials are throwing the game or – you know. We don't have a stake in it. Officials are really a good, just a good group of guy, a group of guys, a band of eight people on the field with everybody else against them, and we're just trying to uphold the integrity of the game and officiate a good football game. Most of the time, especially deep, I mean, I'm watching the clock and I look at down and distance just so I have an idea if this is a potential passing situation, so I have myself in the right position. But the score. You rarely look at the score throughout the game. I'm not keeping up with who's ahead, you know, until we get within two minutes of the second quarter, the end of the fourth quarter to kind of know what tempo and, and what kind of plays maybe somebody would be running. But officials could care less. But it's really interesting when you talk about uh, knowing a potential pass situation and you played defensive back. You've also coached football. So knowledge of the game certainly will help you do your absolutely. job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I, that's one of the things I've been told was a big key for me making it to Division One. The game, as you know, gets faster as the further you move up. Division One's a lot faster. Uh, to me, it's a lot easier because it's cleaner football. you got a lot of athletes where high school you may have a couple and it's a little harder to officiate, but, but you got to be able to get in position. So athletic ability is taken into account now. The old days of the – you know, fad official that's just kind of barely moving around is over. They want you to look the part. You got to be an athlete. Uh, you got to be ready to move. And uh, well, and Ed Hockley was kind of the face of NFL kind of officials. In. Yeah. yeah. So physical fitness is a big part, a big key. Uh, diet, being ready for the season, and so to your point, coaching. Uh, play and seeing all the different aspects of football has helped me officiating because I do understand down and distance. I do understand formations and can pick out keys and that type of thing. So that helps you kind of predict or, or be able to anticipate plays just like if you were playing on the defensive side of the ball, reading the quarterback and the offense. So are you implying when you mentioned diet and exercise that I would not be a good officiating candidate? Uh, the, <laughs> the, you probably would have a little work to do. <laughs> okay. The politically correct answer, which I've never known you to be politically nah, correct. I struggle but, with that. Yeah. But, um, and, and about that, how do you, when, when you are graded, mm -hmm. and again, at these different levels, how do you handle criticism? So, a good point. So, uh, the, uh, you're going to get a lot of it. And so, they even tell you uh, 
don't have thin skin, not only to the fans, but to criticism, because that's the only way you're going to grow, the to only way you're going to learn. That's right. right. And so the the graders, your superiors, like you said, in whatever level, you want them to be critical and constructive criticism because it's kind of like an old thing I heard when I played football. If a coach, he'd tell me, if, if I'm not hollering at you, that's when you need to worry because I no longer really care what you're doing. So it's I kind of take the same approach in officiating. Hey, I want a guy getting on to me and telling me, hey, you could have done this better. That helps me develop and get better, you know. But you've coached it at the high school level. We mentioned you played at a very high level. What was it that made you want to get into the officiating game at all? Well, it's funny because I, so I was coaching at Hattiesburg High. Right. Martin Hankins, friend of mine, would come over to the field house and we would watch film together. And Martin had just started officiating. He was in the high school level. And for those people that might not know, I can't imagine that anybody wouldn't know who Martin Hankins is, but he was a graduate of Hattiesburg High, played at the University of Memphis. That's right. And is now an SEC official. That's right. And so uh, Martin used to come in the office and talk to me and said, look, you ought to consider at some point getting to officiate. He loved it, talked about, you know, I was in the office in the field house seven days a week. My wife, April, would, you know, complain. You're always gone for very little money as a high school coach. Uh, but I just love the game of football. So Martin's solution was, man, you know, if you ever get out of coaching and you want to stay around the game, call me and I'll help you with officiating. You would love it. You know, it's just enough. It's the weekends and, and you're not gone seven days a week, that type of thing. And I told I remember telling Martin, I was like, Martin, even though I've coached, played, you've coached or you've played, I don't know every rule. I don't think I would be a good official. That's there's a lot of rules in football. And uh, he said, man, just call me. And so sure enough, after getting out of coaching a couple of years down the road, I really missed it. Uh, missed being around the guys, the locker room atmosphere, being around the game and called Martin and started doing high school officiating actually with a, a friend of ours, Brad Bounds. His brother, Monty, had a high school crew, was a white hat, uh, officiated with them in high school for a number of years, really enjoyed it. And Martin and I talked and he said, hey, you ready to work on moving up in the ranks? I said, you bet I am. And he pointed me in the right direction of camps and clinics to go to. I got picked up the first camp I went to for junior college by Thomas Miller, who runs the uh, Mississippi JUCO. Did JUCO uh, for four years. My second year of JUCO, went to a camp in El Paso, Texas, got put, uh, picked up uh, in Division Two in Texas, and then have finally made my way to Division One with Conference USA. So Shay Lott from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a member of the Conference USA officiating crew this year. Shay, always good to see you. Thanks for being on the show. And on behalf of all Southern Miss fans, pull your head out. (laughs) Thanks, Kelly. Enjoyed being here, man. Really appreciate you having me. (laughs) The Eagle Hour continues after this timeout. Southern Miss to the top. From the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, Kelly Sander along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens, Bob Getty, and Luke Johnson will return tomorrow and Friday. Uh, they've been taking a little uh, summer vacay. And they go, hey, Kelly, can you cover the show while we're gone? I said, I'd, I'd, I'd be delighted. What, what makes you think I'm going to be home? And they said, because you're a loser and don't really have anything else to do. I said, well, yeah, but... 
Do you have to be that blunt? I guess the truth hurts sometimes. Joining us in this segment, brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, which is the home of the 895 Lunch, where soft drinks are always included in that lunch. Our 4th Street Bar and Grill is the place to go. All Southern Miss fans pregame there. That's the big term now that you, that you, you party before the game. All right, whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever. And, of course, 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. 4th Street Bar and Grill is where you want to go. The Olympics beginning tomorrow night, or what's left of them. After now, everybody seems to be getting COVID over uh, in what – a, what a nightmare, the, the whole Olympic. We're doing the 2020 Olympics in 2021, and we might not even get all those in. But we are certainly glad to get in the program. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, affectionately known on this program as the, the professor. Patrick, good afternoon to you. Kelly, how are you doing? And man, everything's made for love. Let's talk a little bit about the Will Hall tour, which will continue tonight in Baton Rouge. You had a chance to, um, to hear some of the things that he said when he was down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast the other night. Take us inside the huddle. Yeah, uh, I imagine it's probably a lot of the same things he's uh, uh, said elsewhere on this tour. And I think, uh, you know, it was a good showing. They were supposed to have the uh, uh, event in Hardy Hall, but they moved it to an auditorium on the other side of the campus uh, to accommodate everybody. And it worked well. You know, Hall was there with a little uh, uh, screen in the background so he could roll off some stuff, talk about his career and everything. And and, uh, it, it was you know, he, he talked a lot about getting Southern Miss football back to where it once was as a, uh, you know, a relevant program within Conference USA and nationally as a G5 uh, program. So, I, he, you know, he didn't go into too much details on players and here and there, and there weren't a lot of questions in that regard. They talked a little bit about quarterback, and even somebody asked about the punter. I guess somebody has to ask about the punter. Yeah, uh, Luke, but, Luke Johnson probably, probably, told, probably paid somebody <laughs> down there to ask about the punter, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, he was, it, it was all about trying to kind of, you know, he never really got the traditional, you know, uh, go around and shake everybody's hand once he got the job just because of the, the situation with the pandemic. So this is really his opportunity to go out and engage with fans and get them to know him and, and know what he's all about. And that's what really everything was. Uh, he taught, he gave a little background about how he played uh, football at, at North Alabama, and then you know all the way up to where he is today, and, and what he has as a vision for the program, and that's you know to be the best G five program in the nation. I think everybody responded pretty well to him. Uh, it was a little different situation than previous tours. Where I know they used to bring players down here and a lot of the members of the staff, but it was just Will Hall, and and uh, that's all you really needed. I thought you know I thought you did a good job, and I think everybody responded well to him. One of the things that he has said pretty consistently in the preseason is that he has everything at Southern Miss to be able to win. But he doesn't necessarily elaborate. You know, I don't know whether he's talking about facilities or if he's talking about talent. Um, has, he, has he shed any specific light on going any deeper than saying, we've, we've got enough here to win? Well, I, I think whenever he was talking about that, he was emphasizing that they, he has the budget within the, uh, the staff and the recruiting budget. Uh, so I, I think that's whenever he was talking about that, he was talking about there is no limitations. Or, you know, there's obviously limitations, but within Conference USA, he has what he needs to you know, to win a conference. Obviously, there are some other things that you know he hasn't really talked about, but you know, an indoor practice facility, something like that. There can always be some upgrades to the stadium. He, he hasn't really touched on that, but whenever he Talks about that. I think he's talking about you know everything he needs to put a, a good product on the field, a, a product you know a team that can win 
conference championships. I don't think anybody uh, disagrees that he's in a situation where he can still win conference championships at Southern Miss. I think that's what he was talking about. A lot of Southern Miss fans, including me, tend to see the schedule and look at it with their heart rather than their eyes. I, I've, I've said either seven or eight wins this year. That's what I'm calling. But people who we pay to be, to be a little bit more less biased, like you, for example, are we over-expecting, Patrick, when I talk seven or eight? Am I over-expecting? <laughs> I remember uh, in Todd Munkin's second year, I, I picked him to go five and seven, and everybody just jumped down my throat. It's like, how could you be so negative? <laughs> and they ended up... And they ended up, you know, one in eleven winning that regular. That um, you know, I think you know six wins is a realistic goal. Uh, I think right around six wins is, is possible. And you know, it, it, there's just so much. Whenever a new staff comes in with a, you know, it, it, there's just so many unforeseen stuff. How these guys really respond to the to the coaches that you know the players can say all they want, but you really don't know uh, how the staff and the players mesh together until you get into the meet of fall practice and into to, to the season opener. So there's so many unknown quantities that come in all this, but I think six wins is a realistic goal. All right, let's talk, ab- that, let's talk about ahead. other unknown quantities because although I might be a little bit optimistic there, okay, and, and it's okay to err on that side, and like you said, who knows what's going to happen, but yeah. I really think that Trey Lowe is a stud. I really think that Trey Lowe as quarterback is going to be the guy. Um, mm-hmm. and, every, and everybody says, you know, man, you're really sold on Trey Lowe. And I, I think, just think it's because he came from a West Virginia program, which is much more wide open than what he came into at Southern Miss. But I think the Eagle offense is going to begin to open up again, which further suits his skill set. So am I overselling Trey Lowe? No, I wouldn't say overselling. I mean, I'm somebody that believes Trey Lowe is going to be the starting quarterback in the season opener. I think he has a chance to have a good season. Uh, the only thing I'm waiting to see is can he do it from week to week. Uh, uh, once he had the, the really the number of practices in, he showed what he could do in, in the Florida Atlantic game last year. It, it was really a struggle up to that point. It wasn't all his fault uh, just because he was kind of playing catch-up a little bit from day one once he got here. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it's, it's a matter of consistency. And in practice, you know, Trey Lowe wasn't exactly the same quarterback from practice to practice. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to, you know, here in the fall, I think, you know, as he gets more comfortable with Will Hall and his offense, I think we'll see more consistency through practice in the fall. So with Trey Lowe, it's all a matter of consistency and how he throws the football. We all know he's a great athlete. Gosh, that looks like he's getting bigger and bigger. I saw some photos of him the other day. I think he's right around 230, 230 pounds now. Uh, he's, he's about 6'1 and a half, 6'2". Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Trey, Trey Lowe has a lot of the other intangibles away from the field. He's a really smart guy. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, so in a lot of ways, he's really kind of the ideal guy to have for a new staff coming in. Not ideal. I mean, you'd like to have a guy that has a couple of seasons under his belt. But in terms of the mental approach with a new staff, I think he's going to be very accepting of what Will Hall teaches him. And I think Trey Lowe does, is going to be put into a position to succeed. And if he succeeds, he's, he may be the quarterback for the next couple of seasons. Well, six one two thirty. We do have he and I have one of those statistics in common. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not the two thirty. I wish there was was two thirty. Well, the fans are certainly listening to Will Hall, and they are responding according to one of your your latest works at the Biloxi Sun Herald, which people can uh, subscribe, and we encourage them to to get the the online edition or whatever your preferred method to get the Biloxi Sun Herald. 
fans are buying up season tickets. Things look right. they're they're very optimistic. Yeah, uh, they've already surpassed uh, season ticket sales from the last two seasons, uh, and uh, seventeen hundred of those tickets are are new buyers. Uh, so you're bringing new people into the fold, and maybe that kind of comes from Will Hall's Mississippi ties. Maybe some more Southern Miss fans who were just kind of disenchanted with a kind of a mediocre brand of football last few seasons. Uh, I think you know this is Will Hall is apparently really getting people to kind of buy in and believe right now, and that's a good thing. You need that going in. He's not really overstating expectations, saying, "Hey, we're going to win ten football games this year," but he's saying a lot of the right things, and I think that's what you're seeing in season ticket sales. So it's encouraging. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you never really heard Jay Hobson talk a lot about season ticket sales. And I, I guarantee you Will Hall is real, very excited to see uh, these numbers come out. So Will Hall, I think, is, is uh, one of the, he understands what it means to be a head coach, and he knows it's more than just coaching them up, you know, on, on, on game day. You know, there's just so – it's such a complicated job that you got to balance so much stuff. And I think Will Hall's experience up to this point kind of really put is allowing him to succeed so far. Uh, we'll wait and see what the product is on the field. All right, real quick, Patrick, in our waning uh, minute or so, we were talking about overselling a little bit earlier. Conference USA-wise, I think everybody is way overselling UTSA. The media has UTSA finishing second in the West. I, I think that's a, that's a bit lofty. Yeah, and I think we can kind of flush last season. It was such a weird year. Yeah. I wouldn't put much into what the records said or what, what's coming back. I think UTSA is a talented team, uh, and I think that new coaching staff has done a very good job there so far. So I think they'll be competitive. Uh, but I don't think anybody can really pick a favorite right now. Uh, I think nobody really knows going in. I think this is going to be a very un- unpredictable season. But uh, really what it's going to come down to is I think the deeper teams are going to have more success. You're going to have a lot of deep teams across college football because you have some guys that are in their sixth season, maybe even seventh season. Uh, still hanging around, kind of like college baseball. So, uh, whoever can put the most, you know, uh, competitive players on the field is probably going to win a conference championship. And final question, Patrick: Yes or no? When Southern Miss meets Alabama the second or third week of the season, does Alabama have enough for Southern Miss? <laughs> they they have about four times as much as they really need. Uh, but you, you know, <laughs> find out on game day, though. I'll, I'll put that down as a yes. Patrick <laughs> McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald. Always appreciate your insight. Thank you, buddy. All right, thanks, Kelly. All right, we'll take a commercial break. In our final segment of the Eagle Hour, a little bit about a lot of things, including an update on Southern Miss baseball standout Matt Walner. Back in a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. And we're glad that you are in tune to the Eagle Hour. You'll be able to download this episode and every installment of the Eagle Hour on all those different social media platforms, of which I'm I'm not real swift on how to do that or but you know, talk to your kids or anybody else that might be you know, knowledgeable about downloading and, and all those sorts of things. And we hope that you will. A lot of you make a, a habit of listening to this program, and we hear from you via text message, email. Some of you will call us. And we thank you for you tuning in, and we take that responsibility very seriously. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at DBAT and D1 Training. Now that softball and baseball season is winding down, you don't have to necessarily play all year long 
to get better. And, ch- and chances are you probably won't get any better if you don't take time for the body to heal, to rest, and to make some fundamental changes to your game and mechanical changes to your game. And the folks at D1 and DBAT can help you with that, develop personalized training programs for whatever sport might be yours. Soccer, baseball, football, where you're not all going to train the same way. Different sports train different ways. DBAT and D1 knows that. And again, they can tailor make a program just for you. DBAT and D1 on Highway 98 slash Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. We're proud to have them on the Eagle Hour. We talked about Matt Walner, one of the most prolific hitters in the history of Southern Miss. Of course, drafted by the Minnesota Twins. He is now in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, as part of the Cedar Rapids Colonels. That's Colonels with a K, like corn. Iowa's big in corn. So there you go there. He had had a wrist injury and had been rehabbing down in Fort Myers, Florida, but now has been reactivated by the Cedar Rapids Colonels, so they will love to have his pop back in the lineup for sure. We talked with Patrick McGee about Will Hall. His tour continues tonight. Guess where? In Baton Rouge, going right in the backyard of that school down there, the purple and yellow school down in Baton Rouge. Will Hall is going to be there selling Southern Miss. To the fans there, he's going to be at the Baton Rouge Country Club today at 5.30. And again, continue to traverse Louisiana and Mississippi, rounding out his tour on August 14th in Hattiesburg, where he kind of started his tour. So good luck to Coach Hall. Today is Conference USA Media Day. Old Dominion was the first team to go on their Zoom feed today to talk about uh, the Monarchs football season coming up and um, we mentioned that it's all done by zoom conference usa one of the few conferences that's actually still doing it by way of zoom but when media day comes around that's the time that you officially start thinking of what sport is next and i think to be specific as we mentioned 43 days away from the first southern miss football game although it will be on the road at south alabama and as we get closer, we're going to be talking about you know, how to get tickets and some of the things that will be going on in conjunction with the opener. Of course, the home opener is the week after that against Grambling and country music star, Southern Miss graduate, Hattiesburg native Adam Doliak is going to be performing the same day as that opener against Grambling. So make plans to be here for that day. Conference USA has also announced that it has contracted with a human performance company called Whoop. That's W-H-O-O-P. Now you're going, what's a human performance company? It's like the, the watches that can tell you what your heart rate is and how many calories you've burned today and how many steps you've taken, all those sorts of things. That's my understanding as to what Whoop is. So Conference USA has uh, signed a deal with Whoop. And then the big national news story today is the Olympics. Again, a U.S. gymnast has been diagnosed with COVID. More and more athletes coming down with COVID. Some of them are asymptomatic. And many of them, you know, are, well, they are isolating now. They have to. But you're wondering if they're asymptomatic. First of all, Weren't all athletes supposed to be vaccinated? And I know it's not 100% efficacy, 
But I think like 5%, Michael Mergens, of the, of the numbers now of COVID cases worldwide are people who were vaccinated or are vaccinated. Now, you still have a chance to get it. It's just like with the flu shot. You can still get the flu, but it's just the severity of it's not going to be near as bad. So, uh, so I guess this Delta variant yeah. that they're talking about, and in the state of Mississippi, nearly 1,000 new cases. So you have to wonder, is that going to work its way back into the acumen of football or whatever the sports that are coming up, soccer, volleyball, which are the first sports on the academic calendar this year, because you thought everybody was going to be good, ready to go this year, but now here we go again. And now we're seeing younger kids. I've talked to a pediatrician this week that has seen quite a few cases here locally of, of younger kids that are testing positive, asymptomatic, but they've got it, and they didn't see that last year. And the timing could not be any worse because public schools, mm-hmm. some of them begin tomorrow. You go, wait a minute, tomorrow's July 22nd. Yeah, but some of the public schools start tomorrow. And Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints said he is retired. He will remain retired. Apparently there's some talk out there that he might come back to make a, a, a comeback bid, but he said his arm is horribly out of shape, that it's sore. He's done and doesn't want to talk about it. Anymore, So the Saints will have a good quarterback battle on their hand between uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. All right, that'll do it. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson will rejoin us tomorrow. Thanks to Shay Lott and Patrick McGee for their contributions on the program today from all of our sponsors. For producer engineer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks again for joining us. And until we see you tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.